Jack Sawinski could somehow avoid these these chasms that he has over the course of a summer, man, we'd be having a very different dialogue right now, wouldn't we? Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Jack is coming off a 2023 in which he he hit 224. He had a 339 on base percentage that I feel makes up to a large degree for the batting average. 793 OPS, 26 home runs. See, the funny thing is, Jack's one of those guys where you can kind of begin and end the conversation with his home runs because you can say, well, look, I don't care what you're doing if you're putting out 26 home runs. You're contributing to the offense in a way that really nobody else in this lineup can, except that it just really isn't the case because Jack also struck out 172 times. Ah, 172 times. And those 75 walks don't offset that. So while on one hand, you can celebrate that Jack's 45 home runs are the most by anyone associated with the Pirates in the first two seasons of their career, shy of, sit down for this, Ralph Kiner, who had 74 And right behind Jack's 45 were Dick Stewart and his 43 and the skinny legal version of Barry Bonds with 41. So it's there. The raw, natural power, the ability to hit the ball almost effortlessly out to right field. There's a swing path there. There's a trajectory that allows him to pull the ball. And at PNC Park, that's very much his friend as he's hit the overwhelming majority of his home runs at home. But what is there that he can do to A, just generate more extra base type contact? 21 doubles is a really oddly low number for someone with all of those home runs and to just not strike out as much to put the ball in play. My understanding of the way the Pirates have worked with Jack is that they don't want to mess with the home run swing. They don't want to mess with the home run approach, which is why, and I know it drives you nuts to watch it, you're going to see him Never, ever, ever, ever take something off a swing. You know, old school style. Because he's only got the one swing. Yeah, he'll go straight away center on occasion. He'll even, my goodness, once in a blue moon, take something the other way. But it's rare. And it feels like, although they won't say this, the organization's thinking is, we'll take the home runs. We need the home runs. And if he happens to be the guy who comes up with bases loaded and two outs in the ninth and all you need is a hit, yes, he's going to be going for the fences. 
that's just the way that it's played out to date. And I'm going to be honest with you here. I'm not smart enough from a baseball standpoint to know that that would be wrong. I know that over the course of 162 games, a good offensive team needs X number of home runs. And they don't get a ton from the rest of the lineup. You're not going to ever have some sort of explosive total from even your best guys, Brian Reynolds, Brian Hayes, and so forth. And at the same time, it still feels like there's a way to get all of his numbers and all of his production up without taking away any of the home runs just by avoiding those, you know, the 0 for 30s with 19 Ks. You know what I'm talking about. The crazy slumps that drag on for weeks and make you wonder if they actually have to send him back to the minors, even though by now he really, really, really ought to be an established big leaguer. And how do you do that when his slumps have a propensity to be riddled with strikeouts? Every, not every other at bat, more than every other at bat is a K. And they can be strikeouts looking. So you're not even talking about him just not timing things well or uh, just missing. You can also be talking about him just lacking recognition or confidence. And man, this I can tell you from covering him and being around him, he takes those so hard. And I don't know that he has the personality of other hitters I've covered over the years who strike out a lot, who know that they strike out a lot, and who just accept it, meaning that's just who I am. Come and talk to me at the end of the year and ask me where my numbers are. Those guys that are almost, you know, that their chests are puffed out as they're saying it. That's not Jack. Okay, trust me on that one. That's not Jack. There's work ahead for this young man. There's a real gift that he's got. Putting it all together, you know, this team needs... A pleasant surprise or two or five to be what they hope to be in 2024. And Jack might just well top that list. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone. An eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door, your car, your bike, your computer, your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit projectchildsafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. 
Today's J1Q comes from Gerard, who asks, in light of the past couple of episodes of Daily Shot of Pirates and everything about really the lack of talent and the lack of instruction and development, but in particular related to international prospects and those from Latin America, Gerard asks, the sad part is that I remember complaining about the franchise's inability to identify and develop talent back in the late 90s, and most people agreed at the time. Four management groups, two owners, and a quarter century later, the same complaint exists, and it's just amazing, isn't it? Well, yeah, Gerard, actually it kind of is. Because you can't even throw everything at Bob Nutting the way everybody likes to. He didn't take over as controlling owner until 2007. So there have been a lot of commonalities, weird commonalities, things that shouldn't be commonalities where you'd think you would just run into certain players or coaches by accident. You know, you just stumble on one who happens to be really good and really valuable. They've had their share in that span, to be fair. They've had guys who knew what they were doing. Sometimes they weren't retained. Sometimes other teams saw greater value in those guys. And in a couple of cases, they willingly left because they saw that they were wasting their time in Pittsburgh. And I'm talking about guys from the most recent run of three playoff appearances in 2013 to 15. But yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it's it's something that reminds me of I used to crack a joke when I was full-time on the Pirates beat that my business card should have read uh, explaining the inexplicable because there was no way, there were no answers for some of this stuff. There's no answer for this. There's no way to explain to people how, for example, nutting cleans house and admirably so, even if it was a little bit too long in the making, cleans house in 2019, just sends almost everyone out the door, certainly everyone of consequence. When you're talking about the manager, the general manager, the assistant general manager, the team president, everybody just, there they went. And he states a priority, a clear priority in doing so. And I sat there with him in that big glass room at 115 Federal as he laid it out again and again and again. No matter what I'd ask about, he'd keep coming back to the same focus. He loves to do that, by the way. He'll take one point and just hammer it like crazy. And that point was that he was tired of seeing players get good elsewhere. You mean players who were either in the Pittsburgh system or in Pittsburgh, like a Garrett Cole, a Charlie Morton. You know the examples. You don't need me to go over all that. He got tired of it. For real, like legit. He's not a cartoon character. He actually does pay attention to the baseball team. He's around them all the time. He does not pretend to be an expert. He doesn't overstep what it is that he knows and doesn't know. But that was his thing. 
And as he was saying this, Travis Williams is sitting off to his side, nodding through the whole thing. And then later, when the two of those gentlemen hired Ben Charrington, the same thing kept coming up. It has to be about instruction, about development, about making players better, about making players better. And the opposite has happened in almost every case. This is the one criticism that you can levy at this management team, at this group of people, and not get a comeback on. No matter what it is that they throw at you, whether it's you know spin or wordsmithing or stuff that they genuinely believe, as soon as you ask, who, who have you made better? Who has gotten better? Who hasn't taken a backward step? The only answers you'll get are established veterans who don't need your help at a certain stage of their careers. I appreciate the question. I appreciate that hopefully you can accept that I don't have answers for all these questions. I don't have an answer for this one. I just know that it's not getting done. I appreciate everybody who listens to Daily Shot of Pirates. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 